Welcome to spreadguys.co.uk network radio. Today's guest is Jennifer Hu, a Canadian-based speaker, author, gifted intuitive, holistic nutritionist and teacher of the art of awakening. Jennifer will be in the UK on the 12th and 13th of June to teach people how to get in the flow of the universe and to recognise that they are an important part of God, as we all are. Very warm welcome to the show, Jennifer. It's lovely to have you on uh, this evening in London. I know that you're going to be in the in the UK um, in, in a couple of weeks, are you? I know you're, you've got a workshop on the 12th and 13th of June in Brighton in the UK, so I imagine you'll be coming over pretty soon for that. That's right, yeah. I'm going to be coming over probably leaving next uh, Wednesday. going to be there for Thursday or leaving Thursday, be there for Friday, and then I'll, I'll go straight from the plane and take the train up to Brighton. Yeah, brilliant. So, I mean, just to give people a bit of background on what you do, you, you've you kind of had a nutritionist background. Um, I think you create one of the biggest nutritionist companies in Canada. Is that right? I do. I, have a, I, have, I actually have a clinic here. And uh, the cl- it's interesting because, you know, I really started in nutrition, what, about, I don't know, between 16 and 18 years ago because I got sick, which is how a lot of people start in the holistic field. And uh, I, had, I was a bit bohemian. I was living, living on my sailboat at the time in uh, Lake Ontario and having a wonderful time. And then my boat got something called osmosis. So I had to refinish the bottom of my boat and I couldn't afford to do it myself at the time. I was in my 20s so, or to have someone else do it. So I did it myself without the equipment. And since I was in my 20s, I sort of declared myself invincible and did it without the protective gear you're supposed to use. <laughs> and I exposed myself to all sorts of chemicals and toxins, some of which are actually uh, neurotoxins and you can die from and I didn't know that and uh, and so it's it you know is a blessing it's a huge blessing because uh, the migraines the welts the skin issues and also breaking up every relationship I was in because I was you know a, a big witch with a bee and um, and uh, just depressed all the time and I knew I had to do something and one of my friends at the chiropractor introduced me to a nutritionist who was just lovely. And we, I knew something about Chinese herbs and she knew something about nutrition. I started cleansing and cleaning up 15 years ago and uh, it all went away. And, and that's, that's how it started, but it's evolved into something completely different. That's not how it got so big. It got big when um, actually a huge awakening happened to me about 10 years ago. So, uh, Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, absolutely. About 10 years ago, gosh, I was having the headaches and the, you know, I still had the headaches. I'd get, gotten rid of them two-thirds through nutrition, Ian, and, mm. and it hadn't completely gone away. I was very grateful. I, I knew that what you put into your body, of course, you know, manifests in what the output is. The problem is we also have the belief, it goes beyond thoughts. It's actually the belief systems, even as far as the insidious, uh, let's say, paradigms, cultural paradigms that we're plugged into. All of those things have energy. And I knew it on an intellectual level. I didn't know that I was living it and experiencing it and about to have a huge awakening about that fact. And I'm someone who wants to know the capital T truth about stuff. I I really want to know the fastest, most healing, uh, the thing that's in the highest service to humanity. 
that I can do to contribute, you know, love and assistance so that we can all have the greatest life. But in this case, it was for me. And I had a client, she came in and she had a brain tumor. I had a sense intuitively, you know, it had 3,000 clients. She developed a fairly good sense of intuition working with that many people. And um, I had a client and intuitively I just knew for some reason she was going to pass away very shortly. But brain tumors are one thing that I hadn't explored regarding the migraines I was still getting. About once a month. They started at, uh, you know, a couple of times a week. So I was doing pretty good. And she was sitting in front of me and I knew if I'm a divine child of God, if I am an extension of the same thing that makes universes, there is no flipping way that I need to have migraines. I am part of the same thing that causes acorns to grow to oak trees. So... The question is not if, the question is how, and I'm not going to stop until I discover it because I want to be free. So what happened was this woman was sitting in front of me. I hadn't explored brain tumors because I was too scared to. I thought, oh, my God, what if I have a brain tumor, you know? And uh, she sat in front of me, and she said something so profound about what had happened to her when she was little with her mother. Now, normally in my nutrition sessions, um, I'm... Uh, medically intuitive so what happens is I can usually pick up on the events that happen to people that cause the traumas that cause the rifts in their the, the disconnect from the truth of who they are the the places where they forget that they're you know they're infinite and she definitely had a place where she forgot where she was infinite and uh, you could see how it affected her brain you know she she had done, and so what happened to me is that night I went, oh my God, I have to do something. I never want to have the feeling that I'm powerless with someone again, including myself. And at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I started writing. And I didn't stop writing for five hours. And I basically downloaded the information to assist people to transcend the known, and the more important thing is the unknown. Uh, connections to the dis-ease in the human body. And uh, from then on, I integrated the what I called it is get out of your own way. It really is get out of the universe's way. And, um, and we've had some miraculous results, and I don't get migraines anymore, by the way, just so you know. So basically, so. being a nutritionist, um, you, you, you're woken to realize that you could fix what it was that was wrong with you through your own belief or your own kind of um, healing, really. I mean, I mean, I know that obviously the brain tumor thing is quite a, a big thing, isn't it? Do you, do you feel that um, everything that happens to us is a result of emotions somehow, the way that we've lived our lives? Uh, I believe that everything that happens to us, Ian, is, first of all, it's in the highest. It really is always perfect. Now, it's not always preferred, <laughs> right? And the fact, you know, my, my boyfriend and I had a debate over this this morning, uh, whether everything that happens indeed is perfect or sometimes we choose suboptimal, you know, events to happen to us. Here's the thing. Regardless if we chose something suboptimal, we have the option to consider it perfect. And as soon as we consider it perfect there's some beauty that can reveal itself to us. You know, we can have some insights uh, about it. 
you know, I could have a lot of body tension right now because my boyfriend and I are apart and we have such a deep connection. Not being together, you know, I could judge it and that judgment could cause some issues. You know, your body loves you so much. What what we find is your body just loves you. Your body is an entity unto itself. It just adores you so much that it will give you symptoms when you are connected with something that's less than the energy you deserve to feel. Always. That's how much it loves you. And most people judge their symptoms, like, I'm too fat, how come I get headaches? And they judge the symptoms instead of actually going into the symptoms and being able to uh, intuit or channel, you know, which everyone can do. There isn't a person on the planet who you just need the tools to do it. That's all. Sorry. So is it like the contrast that tells us what's wrong then, in a way? It is. the. I mean, that's how it's kind of like shaking the tree, right? It's like, hello, wakey, wakey. You are you are tapped into a paradigm that whatever the paradigm is that's actually got you uh, living less than what's possible for you. I mean, if you're a divine child of God, and billions of people came before you, Ian, and the universe that creates Milky Ways and star systems and species with its infinite wisdom that is omnipotent and omniscient, put all of its resources together, including all of the desires of the billions of people that came before you, and then decided that you should be here, then clearly you're a piece of the puzzle of the expansion of heaven on earth. You have a role. You are a piece of the puzzle. I'm a piece. All your listeners are a piece. All of you guys out there are a piece. And so... What it is, is if you are a piece of that puzzle, then the universe wouldn't have left you hanging. It wouldn't have left you without a way to to follow that guidance. And your body is one of the ways. It's just how do we interpret what comes to us? Your body isn't the only way, by the way. There are many many ways, uh, which is exactly what we're going to be talking about this weekend or, yeah. or next weekend. Yeah. Brilliant. So really the key then is, is it about just believing that if you believe that you're this magical, wonderful being of the universe and there's no limitation, then you have the power within yourself to do pretty much anything you want, you know, to heal yourself. Is that what happened with you? Well, actually, Ian, you know, that's a great distinction. I'm so glad, I'm actually really glad you asked that question because it's, it's, uh, it's a powerful question. Is it that, and, and I really challenge everyone who's listening because there's probably a lot of heads nodding right now. Yeah, 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 if you believe... Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's not if you believe. You see, lots of people believe things, but for some reason, it's like when we look at the secret or the law of attraction, lots of people put intention and, and believe and, and do vision boards. And if the law of attraction works like you ask and you you like put your energy into that and then you kind of line yourself up, you know, you allow and then you should basically manifest the stuff that you've asked for and allowed. The problem is is that most people we've asked um, have seen about um, an average of 8% of what they've asked for and what they perceive they've allowed. So, you know, the question then is, where the heck's my stuff? Mm. <laughs> so, 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 I think what's important is that we realize, and, and if you don't mind, is it okay if I go through a little hierarchy that kind of explains? Of course, yeah. yeah. How, so, 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 okay. 
so the first level of uh, of experiencing quantum physics, of experiencing how the energy that loves you works, the universe, is through our thoughts. So if we manage, imagine that this is the least effective way to communicate to the universe, to actually open to your unlimited nature, because your thoughts come from your brain and are limited by your past experience. So your thoughts are actually not a very strong signal. If it was a radio station, it would be a very weak signal because it's so convoluted by so many, by your ego, by your mind, by your personality, by what your parents said. I mean, your thoughts, it's like uh, looking in the mirror and uh, saying to yourself, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Well, the problem is if you don't believe that, then, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter how much you say it. In fact, sometimes it'll cause it to be worse because then you'll observe evidence that you're not any of those things, and it'll, every time you say it, it'll just remind you how you're not that. So that's your thoughts. Then there's your beliefs. And, you know, I used to do a lot of work on beliefs. Um, and it's effective and it's wonderful. And beliefs, again, are of a human construct. It's like, I believe in this or I believe in that. I believe in Catholicism. I believe in vegetarianism. I believe that if you exercise every other day that you'll be slim. These are all beliefs that the universe loves you so much that if you have any of those beliefs, it will, even though you you have a completely unlimited nature, it will support you in those beliefs because the universe just assumes that whatever you put your attention on is serving you in the highest. What I want you to know that he, is even beliefs are made up. So is it that we want to believe that we're unlimited, therefore we start to heal? We believe that we're an extension of God. Actually, no because that's still not the most effective way. So the world that I live in, Ian, is, is, you know, because I was speaking earlier about how I'm really so committed to the, the leading edge of, you know, I want us all to thrive. I know this is a heaven on earth, and we're all the heaven on earth construction crew, and it's time, you know, oil spills and, and volcanoes, and, you know, it's, it's really time to thrive. It's time to move forward. It's time to experience all that we are. And the third level is a level of what I call awakening. It doesn't require your mind. You see, thoughts and beliefs all require your mind. An awakening is a physiological shift that transcends the mind. It's a cellular experience of who you are as an extension of the same thing that makes Milky Ways. And when you have the cellular experience, it doesn't occur as a belief. It actually now becomes a cellular knowing. And when you know there's no room for questioning, everything is literally, if it's not happening, it's not in your highest. If it's not happening yet, it's not in your highest yet. If it is happening, it's really dancing. It's really learning that here you sit and here I sit, and we're having this wonderful conversation, mostly one-sided right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, because, yes, I'm just blabbing away. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but in the awakening, you see, even right now as I'm speaking, 
everyone who's listening, Ian, including you and me, we're all having a cellular experience of what I'm saying. There's a resonance. There's a feeling of truth that this is resonating with, that people are going, oh my gosh, you mean I could bypass the 20 steps I need to go through? You mean like I could just get to the experience of my whole self and start dancing with the universe like in the next minute? You mean I could actually experience what's in my highest an hour from now? I could I could have the experience of the first step of the unfoldment of all the things that are coming? And the answer is yes. Yes, the universe, if an acorn can grow to an oak tree and a Milky Way can exist and new species can form in an instant, and we're an extension of that same thing that does all of that, of course it's possible. Of course it is. The question is, are we ready? Are we ready to transcend needing to analyze the dickens out of our past before we actually experience ourselves? Are we willing to transcend believing that it has to be a lot of work? Are we willing to wake up? Are we willing to have an awakening? And sometimes is it a process? Absolutely. Does it take integrating? For sure. Is it a physical issue as well? Like, do you need more sleep when you go through all of this? Oh, hello. Totally you do. And uh, and so it is a journey. And it really is uh, it really is the way to fly. It's just such an amazing way to fly. So can you, does that make sense? Like, do you, do you can you experience that? Does that kind it does, of It does indeed. Resonate? I mean, uh, you, you make it, you're, you're kind of saying it's a personal journey, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's a lot of, um, I don't know whether they're misconceptions, but um, some people teach that awakening just happens. Um, there's going to be like a light switch and we all become ascended and awakened. But it's more mm-hmm. this kind of pragmatic more logical way of thinking about it where it's more a personal journey um, yeah. which kind of fits more comfortable with me but I think everyone's got their own kind of belief system and I, I certainly believe this because I see when I'm happy or when people around me are happy you feel you feel connected to them you feel attracted to them you want to be in their energy when you're down you find that people don't want to be with you for some reason and so you can really see that happening can't you and it's because you feel it and you're living it at that very moment Oh, so much, so much. I mean, actually, you know, on the on the twelfth when we're in Brighton, we literally are going. To, in what we're going to do is we're actually going to take people through the experience of awakening and be able to take it forth in their life and and continue the journey. So we're actually going to do that. That's that's literally what I'm going to do. Rather than talk about it, we're actually going to do it. Hmm. So, um, but. Can I give you an example? Because I'm just, you know, something's coming to my mind. And as I said, you know, when you're dancing with all that is, whatever comes to me, I'm like, okay, I should talk about that one. Now, this is very personal. So I've done a lot of work uh, with respect to my relationship with my dad. Um, I had an awakening with him a long time ago, and I didn't realize that's what it was. What had happened is, you know, I spent all of my childhood trying to get his approval because when I was about uh, four years old, I was finishing our basement with that, you know, that really ugly wood paneling that probably most people have. And, and, uh, And my father was meticulously using a jigsaw to cut it out, and I'm four years old. He's cutting it out to fit around a fireplace. And I thought I was going to help my daddy. I took a hammer and I whacked the end off 
this perfectly, you know, manicured piece of wood or pseudo wood. And my father, being a perfectionist, which there's a whole story to that, my father was a was a semi-pro athlete, and his father never went to a single game. So my father was trying to prove himself all the time to his father. I whacked off the piece of wood. My father said, yelled. He just yelled. I'm four years old, and he just like, what? You know, do not help me. You know, just basically what I heard was, you have to do it perfectly or I won't love you. That's what I heard. Really? Sure. It's amazing what can you at four years of age, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And the thing was, see, I don't realize that I didn't. We all don't realize what we do when we make this stuff up. But it makes sense, right? I don't want to feel bad. So to a four-year-old, if I don't want to feel bad, I make up a I make up a way of coping with what he said so that I can feel better. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get straight A's in school, which I did. I'm not going to get in a lot of trouble, which I didn't. I was a really very, very, very good girl. I didn't have a lot of fun, but I was a good girl. So... um and being good isn't necessarily <laughs> what God put us here. You know, getting your father's approval is a possible goal for your life. But boy, oh boy, I don't think that's what God was thinking when billions of people plus his cosmic, his, her, its cosmic wisdom came together and said, hey, Jennifer should be here. So I remember making a phone call to him. It was homework from a course. I made this phone call, Ian. And the homework was take responsibility for something that you have, uh, you know, a suboptimal relationship, but take 100% responsibility. So I phone up my dad, kicking and screaming. It's like the day before the second day of the course, and I have to have evidence that I've done this homework. And I'm like, oh, God. So I phone. I'm hoping my mother picks up. Of course, it's my father. And (laughs) I said, Dad, I got something to tell you. He says, okay, what? And I'm like, oh, no. And I said, you know what? I'm really sorry. I've been withholding a lot of my life from you because I've been afraid that you wouldn't approve, that you're going to bark at me. I've been trying to do everything right because I was afraid that you wouldn't approve of me or you wouldn't love me. And there's silence on the other end because he's such a guy's guy, just dead silence. And he says, Jennifer, now you've got to get this, Ian. I couldn't love another human being as much as I love you. I could not be more proud of someone than I am of you. Sometimes I bark, but I'm over it in a couple of minutes. Don't worry about it. You just keep doing what you love to do. I'm fine. Yeah. So that is a, everyone on the line can probably feel it. That's a cellular shift because everything I had ever thought, believed, everything got roto rooted in an instant. Now, do you have to have an experience with your father to have that happen? Absolutely. You don't even, Ian. You can have the experience of waking up to who you are as an extension of something greater than you. And when you experience that, all these things start to become insignificant instantaneously without having to analyze my relationship with my father. So... I had a second one, Ian, and I want to share that too because okay. it was recent. You understand that I do this work. I've worked mm. with thousands of people, right? Yeah, they, well, these, these stories are very powerful because they help give people context of how it works as well. Well, so, and, and just to give an example of this is really the constant, ex, you know, the, not constant, but the expansion of ourselves to receive all that's possible. 
And you know, one of the say the paths that I'm on right now is to experience love at the to the depths that I know that it's you know love of people, love of my sweetie pie. And uh, I manifested, I totally get that the universe delivered him to me perfectly. And we were, we, we do trips with dolphins. We take people on trips to Peru and all over the world and stuff like that. And so we had just finished a trip and we were out on the ocean and we were going to swim with dolphins. And instead he went spearfishing and I was driving the boat. And I wasn't fully present. And I could have caused an accident because I wasn't present. I mean, there are sharks and stuff. And... Uh, he got in the boat and he said, Jennifer, your father's really dangerous. And I said, what? He said, you're so busy trying to get this perfect that you were completely out of the present. And I see, I can see it. And I, I didn't have to analyze it. I didn't have to look at it. Nothing had to happen. Instantaneously, it was like a shoo right through my body. And my experience was that it's gone. I'm not interested. That whole paradigm, that is the last remnant of that paradigm that I am ever going to experience because I could have hurt someone I love because I'm so busy trying to get it right. Mm. So basically you've, you've changed your whole being because really that made you who, that's your identity all the way back to your childhood, isn't it? To try mm -hmm. and make your prior approve of you and to be perfect and then suddenly you let all that go to become... In an instant. Mm. Yep. In an instant. But you, you really, it helps a lot to have the context, to have the information you need to understand what that is and how it occurs. And once you do, what's interesting is your life starts to expand on an infinite level as opposed to, you, know, you just, that little sense of urgency that there's something more to life for you and actually, even intuitively, Ian, if you don't mind me saying, I can even feel it in you, that there's a next thing, you know, something something calling you, you know, because right now there's something calling all of us. And that little something that's calling is uh, the faster we can transcend the stuff, the more quickly we get to fully enjoy the heaven on earth that this planet truly is and the people around us, the love and the soul family that we're finding. Not the biological family necessarily. You know, God knew exactly, the universe knew exactly who our family would be before we got here. And most of them aren't related to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done a similar thing to what you're, you're talking in a way like forgiving, um, like past situations or um, forgiving in my head family members almost for things in the past but I've never actually apologized personally but I've got a friend who did exactly what you did yeah um, exactly phoned her father up and apologized and he was crying his eyes out over the phone and it was because Aww. she was the daughter um, in, a, in a Hindu family and she was um, the boys are, are more pushed to succeed in school where the girls yeah. are kind of not if you, and she spent her whole life trying to be perfect so very similar to you because she knew that she wasn't being pushed or appreciated in that way. She wasn't expected to do well. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and she did exactly the same as that. So I know how powerful it is. So, and also, can I just tell you another synchronicity as well? Because I know tonight we're, we're talking about kind of law of attraction and the universe and stuff like that. And I, my mind always boggles when uh, the universe delivers something like that. Um, 
before we did the show, about half an hour before, I was watching the telly, and there's yeah. a, a kind of a, a medical uh, hospital drama soap theme that's on called Holby City. Okay. Um, right. And, um, and it's just normal medical stuff, and there's this really grouchy nurse in it. It's just terrible and everything, always making problems for people. And this other doctor just turned around and said, you know, if you was to be nice to people, there's a law in the universe where the universe would just mirror and bring good to you. Basically saying there's law of attraction and that what you give out, you'll get back. The universe is a mirror. and so that Now, what a perfect thing to say in the context of what we're talking about too, Ian, because in the law of attraction, the, so the difference between the law of attraction and the evolution of the law of attraction to the law of awakening is in the law of attraction, you know, he's just shining a mirror in her face, right? On mm. that show, the, the 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 show that you're watching <laughs> with the nasty nurse, and um, the nasty nurse, even though you know it's a fake nasty nurse because she's on the telly, but um, the nasty nurse really has a whole background of beliefs that are giving her the nastiness. Correct? Mm. That's right? right. She she who knows what's happened to her? Who knows what she's going through? And the doctor says, you know, you got a lot of complaining that you're doing, and if you just stop doing that and start doing something else, you know, a lot more nice stuff will happen. Now, in the old paradigm, we might say, oh, but you know what, she needs to analyze the living heck out of her past and rotor root all of that before her default position is going to be nice. You know, to be nice, she's going to have to actually get rid of all her baggage because she, otherwise she's going to be working really hard to be nice all the time Mm. and she's going to have to be thinking all the time because her default position is she's got too many straws on her nervous system's back of all the past that she's dealt with and so in the law of attraction what we say is okay be nicer and nicer things will happen to you in the law of awakening it says remember that you're a divine child of god and your past will just disappear and you won't be able to help but be nice so it's a lot simpler isn't it and I think that's the Can, beauty. When something's simple, it's probably normally yeah. the right way, isn't it? Well, it's the cool thing is it's not the right way. You know, my my sweetie and I have a have a talk about this because she's he's like Jennifer. You know, his name is Joe. He says Jennifer. You know, <laughs> you know, it it sounds like what you're saying is it's better. And I'm like, it's better to me because I just want a faster way. I don't. Everyone is on their path. Everyone has where there are. Some people need to go through the analysis of their path because that's just where they're at. Really, the work that we do, I'm speaking to the people who are ready for the next, they're ready for what's next. And the law of awakening isn't about learning the intentions or anything. You're a what? When you remember yourself as a divine child of God, Ian, mm. when you actually cellularly have the experience of it, what happens is you emanate an energy that transcends anything your mind could intend. You're a walking intention embodiment of why you came to this planet. And what happens is all of the people and all of the things and all of the experiences that you need to have really start to come to you in a way that's so much more effortless because the amplitude of the energy you're emitting, A, is much stronger. And secondly, the frequency 
sort of transcends the lower frequencies. So it it infiltrates um, the quanta or the, the, the energy field of life on a much more uh, deep and powerful level. Because, of course, you know, if we're, we're, we're flowing with creation, we're literally flowing with creation, if we've decided, if we remember, we wake up to who we are, we're now resonating with the power that creates worlds. Um, probably not completely, because we probably disappear in a cloud of, you know, <laughs> smoke. But, uh, um, and it has to be a process because literally the physiology, Ian, this is really fascinating. I mean, have you noticed a difference lately with all of the energy that's moving on the planet? Have you noticed a difference in your, in your sleep or how much energy you have during the day or maybe even cravings? Um, well, I have a lot of energy anyway. But I'm, yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of got myself in a place where I feel very balanced anyway. Um, oh, cool. So I feel quite nice. But... Uh, I know, but save the sleep thing, I wouldn't say it's particularly good for me at the moment. I'm all over the place, really. Right, and that's happening for a lot of people. The sleep thing, so there's a couple of things happening. One is sometimes we only need four hours sleep, and we're like, well, shouldn't I be sleeping more? And my answer to you is if you sleep four hours and you wake up and you have energy and you don't get tired, four hours is great. What it's saying to you is you have a lot less resistance to the new energy that's showing up, and you're flowing with it very nicely. And then, and then there are other people who've been through a lot or maybe even not a lot, but they're making the transition physiologically, meaning if, we're, if the tipping point for heading for that experiencing that heaven on earth, that, you know, the harmony, that everyone getting along, I mean, look at the internet and how many people can talk to each other and that we're all looking for understanding and that we're all being able to understand each other much better. And we're all also much more aware of dissent and, and uh, politicians and the polarity still, between the two. Total polarity. And we're aware and we're not willing to put up with it anymore because it's just silliness. So, um, What's interesting is that since it is that way, we're, we're now having to choose. The polarity is, cause, is forcing us to step into the awakening, to want it. Um, and as a result, the beauty of that is that your physiology, unlike any other time in human history, before you would have had to die and come back in an evolved body, okay, like an indigo child or like a, you know, like a crystalline child or whatever. You would have had to come back in a body that's much more sensitive, that can, have, that can handle the new energy. This is the only time ever in this planet's history where adults who are going through a tremendous shift part of the shift is the gift of being able to experience the old paradigm and the new paradigm in the same body. Mm. We've certainly seen a lot of people working on their emotional baggage and getting rid of it, aren't they? The question I've got for you, because I, I sort of see the sort of three um, processes as, I, as I've been through and I kind of see people around me and there's like those that are still kind of stuck experiencing a lot of negative experiences um, yes. and so many experiences that they can't they honestly got they 
they can't believe that the universe is so structured in that way and that you know bad things happening to them and it could, God wouldn't be doing that the universe wouldn't be doing that so therefore it's got to be random events and there can't be any law of attraction and then there's people who start getting off that uh -huh. <laughs> and they start to see good things happening but then they think the bubbles are going to burst and then it normally does and then the other part of it is once you're sailing and everything's fine then everything just seems to go well anyway because you don't feel down or depressed you don't sabotage it but I guess what I'm trying to lead to here is how do the people that are really experiencing the hardship at the moment get out of that space to to make the improvements? Yeah, love, yeah, I'm sure you're uh, you're asking one for the for the team because mm. <laughs> that that really a lot of people are going really struggling right now, and uh, and I really honor that, and I have a great deal of humility about that. Because the bigger your, for me, the bigger your game, the stronger the energy, which means the faster and more powerfully the issues are going to come up. So it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of life, whether you're me or someone who's just trying to, you know, pay your bills or, mm. you know, it didn't really matter where you are on the spectrum of what you're up to. Yeah. Um, Can I give you an example? Um, yeah. Because at, at the moment, you know, obviously you, the world's going through a big change. Uh, you know, the whole sure. money system appears to be crumbling. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of people are losing their homes. They're losing yeah. their jobs. I mean, mm -hmm. for those people, how do they see that there's something good happening amongst right. them? Well, you know, I was just on a plane with someone like that. She was sitting beside me. Her name was Cindy. I remember her well. And uh, sh and she had just lost her job that she had had for 18 years. And uh, we were we were chatting. And two months prior to that, I was on another plane from Los Angeles. I almost had the exact same conversation with another wonderful woman who was in accounting and had lost her eight-year job. And the discussion and the conclusions were almost exactly the same. How we, how we actually get into this place where, listen, is losing your job optimal? No. Okay. Is worrying, you know, worrying about money uh, optimal? No. However, and this is, really a difficult thing to say when someone is in that place and i i know it to be true it's not a it's not a question for me it doesn't matter you still were the idea of a, a universe that's it doesn't matter if you have the, the universe doesn't distinguish between you have money you don't you have a job you don't the universe still has your back literally the energy that creates world is still flowing through you now the icky feelings we have are the thoughts that we're having that are contra the truth. It's the only way you know. It's like putting your finger on a hot stove and it's like, oh, I shouldn't do that because it burns. It feels bad. When you put the finger of your thoughts on, I'm not worthy. What if I don't have a job next? I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. You know, um, you know, clearly I'm not good enough to keep a job. You know, all of these wonderful things. When you put your finger, the finger of your thoughts on that burner, it's going to burn. It's going to hurt. The universe does that deliberately. Because it's the only way the universe has to tell you. I mean, literally, your heart is God's megaphone speaking to you. When you think those thoughts and it feels bad, that's not because they're, it's not because it's true. It's because it's untrue. The truth 
always feels good. So that's the first thing I want to say. The universe has your back because when you think thoughts that are untrue, they will always feel bad. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if that's not the truth, then what is? Well, if we just assume, we're just going to play a game, Ian, okay? Okay. The game is, we're going to assume that creation is omnipotent, omniscient, all-seeing, all-knowing, in all things. It's not really a big stretch for a lot of people, right? And probably not a lot of your listeners that's a stretch for, correct? Correct. We can kind of get that. Well, I hate to tell you, but that includes you. <laughs> you know, it includes the people that are having hardship. Either that's the truth or it's not. And I'm saying it like a polarized statement on purpose because it causes the left brain and the right brain to have a little argument and you have to choose. Either you are a divine child of God, of something that's omnipotent and omniscient, or you're not. And either, and when we ask the question, and I just ask that everyone go here, including both of us, what does it feel like to be in alignment with God? I mean, what does it feel like to have the experience of creation in your life? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking joyful, expansion, uh, peaceful. Care to add any? The love, um, balanced. Sure. All sorts of beautiful things. And if that's the truth, Ian, then if creation made us and we are extensions of creation, we're actually creators ourselves with the creative force flowing through us. And one of our jobs is to actually expand creation, to, to you know, sort of self-serving on creation's part. It's like here we are, little joy, peace, love machines, if we should choose, and then we get to expand creation by pursuing that path. So that's why we have a heart. Our heart is God's megaphone saying, oh, no, 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 not that way. If you start thinking that way or going down that road, you're going to feel bad, and then that's kind of not why we put you here. You know, you've got a bigger job than that. Yeah. So I think so, yeah, go, go carry on, sorry. Yeah, and so and so these people um who've lost their job and remember, you know, I just went through I just went through a marriage split up in um a, the most beautiful experience of my life. Now, I can see how I could have chosen all sorts of paths I could have gone down to make it really yucky. Hmm. And it was extremely deliberate on my part. I am not lucky that it turned out this way. I created it turning out this way. I am very clear about that. And so he is my best friend and I love him to pieces. So it's the same as losing your job. It is an act of deliberateness to understand that if indeed the universe is wise and this happened to you and you are an extension of creation, it means that necessarily you have, and it's a nice universe, it's a loving universe, it's the universe that we described. If that is all true, then that means the universe has your back because the universe would never do anything mean. Of course not, it doesn't even know mean. Therefore, the question is not, oh my God, how, you know, what's going to happen to me? This is so terrible. The question is, how am I going to tap into the flow that I've been released into? What is the flow that I've been released into? Most of the time, these two ladies on the plane, Ian, both of them, okay, said that this is a job that I was bored of. I didn't like it anymore. I knew there was something more for me. I knew that I needed to move forward. I knew 
you know, this was the kick I needed. I'm a little bit scared, but it's the kick I needed. And it's amazing that the vast majority of people that I've talked to about the economy feel the exact same way. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm scared. And I can feel that there's something where it's time for me to actually get on with why I came here. Yeah. And, uh, so and in, uh, in, yep. in, a, in, in a way, it's like whenever change comes in life, we all hold on. We don't want, want change to happen. So even if it means like losing a job, we hold on with fingernails trying to keep on to it, even though we don't like mm. it. But then, so there's like a horrible energy between two different things, right? And then you leave the job and then you realize in hindsight that actually it was really, really good. So do you think at an archetypal level that this is what's happening on a global scale at the moment? We're all trying to hold on to the old paradigm of greed and money or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. You know, a quote just came to my mind that someone told me yesterday. I just have to share it. When nothing seems to be going right, go left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Isn't that great? So <laughs> I just I probably laughed for five minutes over that one. So <laughs> so um sorry, repeat your question. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so basically that I just see I guess that whenever we have change in life, you, yes. you you've got two energies clashing with each other. Okay. Yes. And but the thing is as humans we always try to hold on to the old energy even though we know it's not really serving us because it's comfy yeah. like an old pair of slippers. But yeah. then the minute we let go of it we realize that we've made the right decision and in hindsight it was a good move. And I think even when things are really hard, I mean some people have some harsh experiences don't they? So it's really hard oh. sometimes to talk and um, be generalized because it's um it's hard not to have compassion uh, for people's uh, scenarios, but I guess there must be always a silver lining somewhere, I guess, even when things are hard, I guess. I don't know. Even if the the universe has to have... Either the universe exists, it put mm. us here and it loves us, or it doesn't. Mm. That's the first choice we have to make. I mean, that really is the experience we want. What does it feel like to actually experience that the universe has our back? And circumstances, regardless of circumstance, It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. How do I feel that first? Now... How do I dance with that energy? How does the universe and I have a dance now? Yes, that happened, whatever it was that was crappy. It, you know, and there are multitudes of things that have happened to people. I've heard it all through get out of your own way. And, and actually, you used a great word, Ian. You used the word compassion. And I want to make sure that people understand the power of having a productive um, a productive perspective on the word compassion. Because compassion doesn't equal, oh, sweetie, let me take you in, let me give you clothes, you know, I'll feed you the rest of your life, blah, 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 blah. That is actually disempowerment. What that is, is making yourself feel better if you do it the rest of their life. What compassion is, is I'm willing to see the God in you until you see it yourself. I'm not willing to do everything for you. I'm not willing to take over your happiness. In fact, I'm not going to do that. But what I am willing to do is I am willing to see your magnificence even before you see it. And I'm willing to hold the space for that. And I am tenaciously unwilling to see anything less than that as the outcome of our relationship. That's compassion. Hmm. So you're kind of helping other people to see 
the god in themselves to empower them, isn't it? That's the key, really, isn't it? Because a lot of people, they visit uh, healers or doctors um, looking for that external help constantly without realizing mm-hmm. they can do that, they can actually help themselves in a way. Absolutely. It's like, it's like giving your power away, yeah. right? I mean, you're yeah. really, really giving your, you, I mean, how many times have I seen that in my office and how many times have I had to have that conversation, right? Actually, one of my clients from the UK uh, phoned me up and she said, Jennifer, just do me. like fix me I said I'm sorry I can't do that but what I am going to do is I'm going to assist you so that you know the rest of your life you'll actually be able to transcend and wake up yourself so that you you don't need me or you don't really need anybody you it doesn't mean that you're on your own because we I mean I have people I talk to but it's just really, you know, I'm reminded of a song. It, it's, uh, we are all angels, only with one wing. And we assist each other to fly. Mm. And I think we, we did need constant reminding. I mean, when, when I'm involved in the spiritual work like this, I always read about it. I'm always part of it. And I, I can stay buoyant. But sometimes, even I'm guilty of this, and a lot of people probably are as well. But when you sort of go out into the big bad world, you yeah. kind of forget do you know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't it funny? <laughs> and the, yeah, and then and then all of a sudden someone reminds you, like another spiritual friend. Normally, they send you an email and they go, "I'm only telling you what you already know," and you think, "Oh God, I forget all about that." Um, totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and it's the same thing when when you know it's like you know the uh, this lovely woman from the the UK that I was uh, doing some coaching with. I mean, it was a, an amazing conversation, and I remember her saying, "But you know." I go to this person for Reiki, I go to that person for naturopathic help and all this kind of stuff. And and she basically holds all the people on a pedestal as though they have all the knowledge and all, you know, when really what's available within us, if we are an extension of that which creates worlds, then all of the information that we need, and it's not necessarily the naturopathic or the it might be something really bizarre, you know, really strange. You really need to stop. You need, really need to sh- shut your shades and your windows so that the street light doesn't shine in your bedroom. I mean, I actually had that happen with one of my clients. She did that, and all of a sudden, you know, a, a couple of major things changed. Now, who knew why that happened? But, uh, I mean, I'm sure there were all sorts of variables. But, when we listen to our own, when we become channels of the information that we need to know, and by the way, you know, we talked about the 13th. That's what we're doing on the 13th. The science of having it all is all about becoming uh, becoming your own, you know, connecting to your higher levels so that you can have the answers you need. You actually don't need anyone, and it'd be, it's fun to work with them, but you don't need them. So, yeah. Well, I'll put links yeah. underneath. When I put the show up onto the site, uh, there'll be links underneath pointing to the workshops because uh, I believe the, webs- the uh, workshops are posted on the website anyway, so people can read that um, yeah. as well. So, oh, it's amazing. So, what do you think is going to happen with the whole uh, 2012 thing? Do you think it's a pivotal thing or do you think it's more of an evolution we're going to go through slowly and people realize their potential in the way that you're describing now? Well, you know, 2012 is, you know, it's so funny. Human beings, we love to have, like, the answer, you know. And we love to have something really hard and fast, like something's really going to happen in 2012. We we just love the, we love to hold on to something. And the, the thing is, is that, 
it's already happening. I mean, we can all feel it. Look at what happened to the economy. Look at who's being called to question. I mean, huge multinational companies that are so greedy, really totally based on, I'm going to get mine. You know, I don't care if you get yours, I'm getting mine. And even the executives and the way they were being, were all, I mean, all of humanity that knows about it is just shaking their heads going, really? You guys are really that out of, like, you you really are that out of touch with your own humanity? It's like watching the cove with the dolphins. Yeah. You know, you ever watch that? And it's like just shaking your head going, really? You? I mean, it makes me feel bad that those people are so disconnected from their God self that they have the capacity to do that. And so with 2012, the first thing that's happening is slowly but surely everything's getting quite polarized. You're either really forgetting who you are and there's a lot of disease and a lot of, you know, people dying even and um, people doing some things that they feel very convinced are right that are kind of bizarre. Or you're waking, you're going the other way. It's like, it's time. I can't do this anymore. I'm not willing to, so I have to go on the path. Eventually, everyone's going to be living that law of awakening. Everyone's going to go whether they're spiritual, not spiritual. I mean, you don't have to know this lingo in order to go. You you can be a businessman and understand what we're talking about now without knowing any of the laws of quantum physics. You you just experience it. And so it's going it is a process. It's it's begun a long time ago. I mean, we could say that it begun thousands of years ago. Mm. And we're finally at a place where the tipping point has been reached where we actually get to wake up and recognize each other as brothers and sisters, and we finally get to play together in a world that we treat with, that we realize that we are not the boss of nature, but that we are actually a piece of nature. And as we treat ourselves with the dignity and respect, as we pursue our path of most joy, nature itself rejoices, and we can only treat nature with the same dignity and respect because we realize we're one in the same. We're not the boss mm. of nature. We are one in the same with nature. Absolutely, so. yeah. Yeah. Because you know, same, well, you know, just to add on what you're saying, you know, like Hollywood with Avatar, I mean, yes. how many people went to see that film? And it beautifully uh-huh. paints the connection between us and nature, isn't it, really? And uh, also the, what we're doing yeah. to it, you know, through greed. Yeah, beautiful. I love that movie. I got goosebumps. Yeah. Actually, Joe and I, you guys can look it up if you want. If Actually, I'll send this to you, Ian. Okay. If you want, you can post it. Um, Joe and I did a movie review of the movie Avatar. We were standing, and you got to see it. We were standing in this huge banyan tree, like like hundreds of years. This thing is huge. And we did this uh, this <laughs> review of the movie Avatar while standing in the banyan tree. But I just love the little pieces of fluff, yeah. you know, like the dandelion fluff that's floating through the air that are little pieces of that beautiful tree of life. I mean, it's just, what a what a powerful movie. And we, we can forgive the, uh, I think we can forgive the uh, little Hollywood moments mm. <laughs> for the greater context. Yeah. yeah, I think the Hollywood moment is what got people to the cinema to watch it. And then when uh-huh. we got there, it's like, wow. 
I don't believe this because you know when you're a spiritual person you know instantly what the film's trying to tell you uh-huh. and then you're sitting yep. there feeling so proud because you've got all these other people looking at it suddenly waking up thinking mm-hmm. aha isn't that cool it's brilliant it's kind of you know it reminds me of um, so Avatar was actually a step in the awakening mm-hmm. of humanity the law of awakening is about that and all sorts of stuff but the law of attraction you know several years ago when that came to the forefront through the secret Think of that as the same thing. When it first started, it had Jerry and Esther Hicks in it with mm. Abraham Hicks. Now, Abraham Hicks is channeling. Yeah. But you see, the world at large wouldn't watch a movie with a channeler in it. No. Do you understand? Yeah. It just was a little bit too woo-woo for the world at large. It probably wouldn't be now. But that, so, you know, a whole bunch of politics happened where Jerry and Esther got removed from the movie and it was completely in the highest for humanity because instead of, you know, a couple of million people watching it, billions of people watched it. Or billions of movies got bought. Maybe mm. they didn't, billions of people didn't watch it, but billions of movies got purchased. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just fascinating how, you know, that Avatar, the movie, the movie had the Hollywood moments to get people there. Yeah. And then what they experienced was, you know, what we're all experiencing. It is amazing. I mean, I've, I often sort of think, you know, are we going through a shift, right? And I, you know, because I look at the 2012 thing, there's so much stuff with the negative, doomsday, there's mm-hmm. so much stuff saying there's going to be a light mm-hmm. switch and we disappear to the fifth dimension. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I try to conceptualize <laughs> the whole lot in my head. And what I do see when I look at it from a, a rational point of view is that mm-hmm. people are waking up to remembering how we should have have always been like when you look at the indigenous cultures and tribes yeah. who've been here thousands of years so we're not actually learning anything new we're just remembering aren't we really how we used to be but we've but taking that and living in a modern society so it's, it's, it's trying to get the balance together isn't it in a way well there's a lot of things that have to shift right Ian? Yeah, i mean absolutely. if we if we start living that way if we actually start treating other people and other people's cultures with the kind of awe and fascination and, and adventure um, that they deserve and the, and the respect and dignity. And as we start to um, realize that we're really all brothers and sisters, we really truly are, even the animal kingdom are our brothers and sisters, what has to happen is a lot of, sh- I mean, we are going through, it is a, a shift. I mean, the economy, how do we do business in a new way? I mean, I mean, a, a friend of mine wrote a book called Coopetition. That was the beginning of a whole bunch of stuff around spirit doing business in a more conscious way. But even people have ideas about that. I mean, what's conscious to one person isn't conscious to another. How do we shift from um, that fear-based, if I don't get mine, someone else is going to get it kind of mentality, uh, that there's a lack you know, how do we actually realize the abundance that's around us, regardless of how much abundance anyone else has, that is completely irrelevant when it comes to our own personal abundance. That's, but we consider that, right? We watch someone else having a lot of abundance and we go, oh, you know, I guess I have a different lot in life. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we get, and the other aspect of this is what happens to competition? I mean, what happens to competition? How do we, how do we, sh- what happens in relationships when we're not doing what we should do, when we're not marrying and staying together for the kids and, and uh, marrying forever, although that totally could happen too, 
when some people, you know, these are all shoulds. These are all, even the way we eat, I'm seeing in nutrition, Ian, like people come to me and they, they a lot of them want to be told, how do I eat? What's the best way to eat? And what I say is, you better start learning how to read your own cosmic guidance system and uh, become your own channel because how you should eat isn't in a book. It isn't, it's in your own book. Mm. It's not the zone diet. It's not vegetarianism. I have no idea, but I'll tell you what, we're going to figure out how to read your barometer so that we can figure out how it is that makes you thrive because we're each so unique. But these are the shifts we're going through. These are the, how do we parent? Oh, my God, Ian, we could have a whole show on that. <laughs> I mean, We probably could you, in the future, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how yeah. do you parent children who are total freedom seekers? Uh, well, I'm kind of having trouble with that one already. No, <laughs> <At the moment. laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, these are all the, it's a lot. I mean, I, <laughs> I have compassion for myself and everybody else who's going through this because it's a flipping lot. It's mm. a lot. There's, it's there's, a lot. There's definitely things going on. The kids are so different today. Um, you know, obviously... I could go into that, but um, I don't think we've got enough time. But all the people I know as well with children the same age as my daughter are having really <laughs> tough times. The way that few, uh, past parents parented their children it doesn't work in the same way that it does today. They seem to have such strong minds, such strong wills. Heart. They just will, it's almost like they're not kids. They, they don't aren't. Be, they, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what what's I mean? hap- yeah, what's happened is their nervous system, see... When we're trying, when we're coming to the tipping point of heaven on earth, now just consider this as an explanation, Ian. Mm. When we're coming to the point where the yearning of humanity is so strong that we can't help but start to get along and start to shift and blah, 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 blah. We can't help it. It's just going to happen. The types of people that the universe wants to send forth is those that are extremely sensitive. So our nervous systems physiologically have to evolve to be far more sensitive to be able to pick up, Ian, on, on, the, um, on what's in alignment and what's not in alignment. And these kids are so sensitive. First of all, that's why we say they're ADD. They're not ADD. They're geniuses because they can pick up on everything. It's just no one's teaching them how to manage that degree of sensitivity. So here they are incredibly sensitive to what they want and what they don't want. And when you're that sensitive to what you want and what you don't want, it doesn't matter. See, now these are children of the universe. These are not children of their parents. It used to be that your parents tell you what you want and what you don't want. These guys are so connected to, to the flow that they know what they want and don't want. Our job is to become a teacher by listening to our own connection to source such that we can follow our flow and thereby give these kids some wisdom and, first of all, be examples of how you follow the flow and, secondly, be able to give them useful advice on how do you do it, which means we have to let go that we know what we think would make them happy. We don't become teachers of what we've experienced. We become teachers of how do you listen profoundly to the voice of God speaking through your heart, that you get to shine your light on the planet. And I validate your expression, whatever that is. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to me. A lot of the times it doesn't feel good to me. But then again, who the heck am I? <laughs> Brilliant. That's some really good information there, Jennifer. And 
certainly helped me and a lot of the listeners listening as well because sometimes you know we're not all perfect and we want to be and <laughs> we want to be reminded <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that i'm we a are. member of that club yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and just to obviously we're on the top of the hour so um before you go i'd just like you to just remind people that you are here in the uk on the 12th of june and the 13th of june down in brighton it's a lovely place to be as well brighton lovely seafront there um, people can come along and spend the whole weekend there or if they want to, can't they? So there's two brilliant workshops that you're doing. Um, the information will be underneath the show when you put it up on the website. You've got your own website as well, haven't you, Jennifer? What's that? I do. My, my, uh, my website is thevitalu.com, T-H-E-A-L-Y-O-U.com, and you can see a little bit more about what I'm, uh, what I'm up to and and you'll see the UK event on there, the link to the UK event on there too. Yeah, we've got um, two days. So, so also yeah. my uh, my wonderful partner and I are doing a uh, crop circle and uh, and Stonehenge and all sorts of sacred sites uh, oh, event the beginning really? of July. And there's Fantastic. it's only six people. It's very intimate. It's going to be very powerful. So wow. that's another thing we're up to. Brilliant. I, I do go down to Wiltshire every year to visit the crop do circles. You? Yeah, I love Very it. Very cool. Absolutely. Oh, well, I'd love, love to talk to you about that privately, Ian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very cool. I was looking at your pictures, actually, of um, is it Machu Picchu yeah. down in Peru. Yeah. I was, oh, that is just such a gorgeous place. So amazing. Really, oh. really is. And the pictures you've got on your website are fantastic. I mean, it's quite a long way for me to go, but I would someday would love to get over there and visit. Well, we'll be going again next year. I, I'm going to tell you that even how beautiful you see those pictures are, how powerful they are, hmm. multiply it by 10. And I, and I got goosebumps even talking about it. It's, it is a powerful vortex there. So, uh, hmm. yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. Okay. I'm, I'm scared of heights <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> look at your pictures. So, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, that could be problematic. We may have to put a blindfold on you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just kind of defeat the purpose, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you, Jennifer, and I, you know, I truly hope it goes well for you when you come over in, you know, to London, to Brighton, in, in a couple of weeks' time. And um, I do wish you all the best, and I would love to speak to you again as well. So. Oh, um, I'd love to be on again, Ian. I just really appreciate the time. And I also, you know, I did want to mention this. I really congratulate you on your on your site. It's what a a brilliant site. It's it's just uh, filled with resources. I I, uh, I quite enjoyed perusing it, and and it's also a great idea. So. Yeah. So oh, I just wanted you. to tell you what a what a great job you've done. Oh, I, I, I truly appreciate it. There's a lot of hard work's got into it, and mm-hmm. um, and really the aim was to help other people network and and really it's, it's an enabling site to allow people yeah. to get what they do out there really. And I think it started to do it really really well. Yep, it's totally of love and assistance, and and uh, I can feel it. And I I just I'm I'm just telling you, I I can feel the love and assistance, and I also deeply appreciate what you've done. It I, I understand how much work that must have been. So so thank you. Well, thank you very much. It's <laughs> the universe thanking me through you. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll let you get on. And uh-huh. um, and I'll send you an email once it's up so that you can have a listen at your own leisure. Or if you want to send it out to anybody, uh, feel free. Great. Thank okay. you so much, Ian. Thank you for having me on. It was a great pleasure to uh, to be chatting with you. You're most welcome. Thank you very much. Bye for now.